What's up, creators? Welcome to another episode of the Focus and Boom podcast. Joining me today is YouTuber Latasha James, who is going to share with us a variety of tips on how you can grow your business, your service-based business with YouTube. She's also going to be talking about discoverability tips and what to avoid. So you don't want to miss this. Stick around. Hola creators, I'm Jessenia Bocaneira, founder of Focus and Bloom Studios. I'm a photographer turned marketing strategist who took a leap of faith, moved over 3,000 miles away from home with one camera and one heavy suitcase filled with dreams. If you're a creative soul and dream maker, this podcast is for you. Here I share actionable tips and tactics on marketing, business, and mindset to help you grow and up-level your business with purpose and lots of joy, one action item at a time. Get comfortable and let's get started. This is the Focus and Bloom Podcast. Hola, creators. I'm Jessenia from Focus and Bloom Studios. Welcome to another episode. Here we share a variety of tips and tactics on how you can grow and up-level your business with video. So if this is the first time you're here, consider subscribing. All right, joining me today is Latasha James. She's a YouTuber and content creator, and she will be diving into ways that you can use YouTube to promote your service-based business. So freelancers, this one's for you. So you don't want to miss this out. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. Hi, Latasha. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. And before we dive into today's topic on video and YouTube, can you share with my audience a little bit about you and how you first got into video? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on the show, first of all. Um, and yeah, I mean, my, my, I've actually been doing video in some form for over a decade, which is kind of wild. It's a long time. Um, I started out, actually, I took my first film class in high school. We had like a, it was called education for the arts and we could go off campus and do this kind of special program if we we're interested in it. And so that's the first time I created a YouTube channel because we created YouTube, you know, to house our film projects basically. And I really ended up falling in love with film and video and eventually went to college for film and video as well. So um, I focused a lot on broadcast journalism. I was in front of the camera a lot, but also doing a lot of behind the scenes newsroom stuff in, in school. And I started freelancing in college just because, you know, like my friends would be like, oh yeah, I have this friend who does video. Yeah, I know she's going to school for video and so I'd get <laughs> reeled into these random projects. And that's kind of how I started freelancing. I was doing a little bit of freelance writing and stuff too. So um, yeah, that's sort of where it started. And, and somewhere in college, I actually, like I said, I technically started a YouTube channel back, back in high school for my film projects, but it was in college when I really started my YouTube channel to actually, you know, produce original content for YouTube and not just house content. That's awesome. I think we, it's fun that we both have a very similar background, uh, especially because I, I also have a background in film, although I wasn't in front of the camera, I was mostly behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. still kind of am I'm just now shifting to be back again in front. So it's, yeah. it's a little strange. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have both experiences, no matter what you do. Like, I knew that I probably never really wanted to work behind the scenes in newsroom, but I, I felt like having that experience behind the camera really helped me when I was on camera and vice versa. So I think everyone should have to do a little bit of both. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I love that you're mentioning uh, that idea of 
of having the experience of being behind the camera and in front because it it gives you a different perspective from the totally. if you're in front of the camera it gives you the person and, and you've been in behind the camera you you get the yeah. idea and you have the perspective and knowledge of well lighting and and composition and yes. audio and all that fun stuff and then you know when you're in front of the camera you know what things to be mindful of so it's kind of fun totally totally <laughs> agree totally and one thing that um, caught my attention when I was just doing some research for video marketing uh, is that your your YouTube channel, which I love, is that you really niche down into tailoring your content to help freelancers grow their business. And I, that's not something that I've seen often. Actually, you're the first time that I've seen, and I'm sure there's others, but I've, the first time that I've seen specifically addressing freelancers, which I think is great because when you're starting out and you're fresh out of college, you're kind of like a freelancer. You don't yeah. know really where to start. You just know that you want to do your work and create, create art or create your product. You don't know where to start. So yeah. I love that you're addressing that specific niche. And that's a really great example of how niching down really can help you stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that I honestly kind of, fell into, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, when I started my YouTube channel, it was nothing like what I'm doing now. I did beauty and fashion content just because that's kind of like what was popular. I was sort of <laughs> into that. I don't know. I just needed like an excuse to get on YouTube. Wasn't really very good at it. Um, although I loved it. It was super fun. Like editing beauty videos is so fun still <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where I started. And then once I graduated college and moved to Detroit and started my career in in corporate marketing, people started asking a lot of questions about, oh, what's it like to be a social media manager and to be in marketing? And so I just kind of like throw those videos in every once in a while. And I was always side hustling as well throughout my corporate career. I always had like at least one or two clients on the side just because I, I liked to be busy. And I knew that I, I, I was always open to the idea of owning my own business. And so, yeah, I just kind of slowly transitioned into that content. And I mean, once I started creating my Freelance Friday series, which eventually became the Freelance Friday podcast, I mean, no, they didn't get the most views out of any video that I've ever made, but they were definitely the most engaged with. People were like asking me so many questions and, you know, coming over on social media from those. So I knew that I had really hit a sweet spot and kind of reached a, a bit of an untapped market. I mean, there are other people doing it for sure, but um, it, it, it's not nearly as saturated as like beauty or fashion. It's 2020. We know that video is, is king and there's a lot of uh, ways that you can create video now. And when we think of video, we, one of the things, the first things that comes to mind is whether or not we should create a YouTube channel. So is it too late in your opinion, 2020, is it too late to get on YouTube right now? Yeah. I mean, I love this question, but I also hate this question. Like I hate when people ask, cause it's like, no, like it, it is not too late. No, absolutely not. It's a great question. Um, but I always put it like this, like, is it too late to become a singer? Is it too late to become an actor? Like, is it too late to become a lawyer? Like those are things that have been careers um, and that are saturated and competitive forever. You know, they, all, they always have been, but there's still always gonna be people who 
who are new, the new thing, um, and who are successful at that. So definitely, I mean, I, I think that just for that reason alone, it's definitely not too late. But I also think using my example, even like I said, I mean, yes, I did technically have a YouTube channel since I don't know, 2012 or 13, maybe. Oh, but well I back. Yeah. Yeah. In, in YouTube years, that's like forever. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but you know, I really, I really didn't start to gain traction on my videos until probably 2016 or so. And that's when I started doing freelancing content. And like, I did a complete pivot. Yes. I did have a few thousand subscribers from the, you know, beauty fashion lifestyle side of things, but I completely pivoted. Like those people, besides a very small handful, those are people are gone, you know? Um, so I really was starting over and I really, I, I really kind of consider that like the true birth of my YouTube channel really. So, I mean, that was only a few years ago. So I think that, you know, you, you really can, you really can, um, do it now as well. I mean, I see people all the time who are like, Oh my gosh, they just started and they're like blowing up and, and doing yeah. way better than I am. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely possible. Oh, absolutely. And you know, that's, that's something that it's a very common question with a lot of creators, a lot of freelancers. Uh, even like I've, I've been in the photography industry for almost 10, more than 10 years now. And the question of, is it too late? No, yeah. start, just start. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, the like, most important thing. If you have a passion, start. Totally, totally. Yeah, like there's always going to be a need for a photographer. And I think even within that, like there are different styles of photography. Yes. You know, there are different, um, uh, you know, niches that you, there's wedding photographers, newborn photographers, you know, there's so many different things. So finding your sweet spot and finding what you're really good at is going to help you stand out. And it's the same thing for YouTube. I mean, like you said, I mean, you hadn't seen a lot of people doing what I'm doing. There are people doing it, but there aren't a ton. And I mean, it's 2020. So, so yes. like, <laughs> I'm sure there's some untapped market out there, some untapped niche or, or expertise that I don't even know about that is just waiting for your content. Absolutely. So now that we've decided, we, we know that we can get, it's not too late to get on YouTube. What are some tips on discoverability or some best practice that you can share with someone who is just starting out on YouTube or, or just have a, has a very small audience? Yeah. So I think the key is really listening to your audience and, you know, answering their questions. And I know if you are brand new on YouTube, you're like, wait, I don't have an audience yet. So it's, it's coming up with an ideal audience, just like you would an ideal client, customer avatar, building out in your mind, who am I trying to reach with this content? You know, is it, you know, for me, it was freelancers, specifically freelance social media managers, but that has, of course, I, I get freelance photographers, freelance um, graphic designers. Graphic you designers. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause it's all relevant really. Um, yeah. But, but my, my key target is freelance social media managers or people who want to be in that, that industry. So doing, you know, simple market research, going into Facebook groups that they're in using, I love, I always say this, these are like, a lot of people don't talk about these things, but Reddit and Quora are great for market research, just searching like, what are social media managers asking questions about or Redditing about uh, and creating content around those things. Google trends as well. Yes. Um, yep. Seeing what's trending in, in the space. And also I, I, I never really say this. I don't think I've ever really said this in an interview, but 
being a fan of YouTube, I think is really important because I think that a lot of people, you know, maybe try to do YouTube because they think that they should, or they see that, you know, Marie Forleo has a YouTube channel, you know, whoever, insert name here. But if you're not really an active consumer of that content, I feel like there's going to be a piece missing. I get most of my YouTube inspiration from I don't, I don't watch channels like mine, to be honest. There's like a handful of people and mostly they're my friends now or, or clients. So I kind of, I watch them just cause I'm interested in their, their lives. But most of the channels I watch are like so random. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> like they're so random and, but I get inspiration from the way that they shot something or like I said, beauty videos are still so fun for me to edit, even if I never put them up. And so they kind of keep my, my editing and video um, muscles strong, I guess. So I think it is really important to be a fan of YouTube as well and to watch people outside of your industry and your niche. Absolutely. I love that you mentioned that because if you know, you're starting something that can be, can, can be time consuming. You have to plan a video, plan a strategy. It's not just pressing recordings, putting it out yeah. there. Like if you really want to be serious about starting a YouTube in a, a YouTube channel for you to promote your business, you definitely want to have a strategy. So there is that time and effort that you, you need to put into in the back end of things. And if you don't really appreciate or not, not appreciate, if you don't really like the platform, Mm-hmm. you're just gonna it's gonna feel like a job exactly <laughs> it's gonna be tedious and exactly. I think that as creators business owners freelancers we we've opted for this route because we love what we do yeah <laughs> it absolutely. doesn't feel like a work <laughs> absolutely yeah and and you don't have to be on YouTube I, I personally yes. think it's great but maybe there's another platform for you maybe you're you know more comfortable podcasting one of my clients um you know they were struggling they were like i don't know i just don't feel like i am showing up on youtube i don't feel like that's the space for me and they started a podcast and are loving it so you know there's so many different types of content that you can create you don't have to force yourself if it's not something that speaks to you absolutely absolutely make it fun for you (laughs) totally totally so so speaking of you know we've talked about niching uh, a little bit we're talking about what you know where where your passion lies in, in in regards to the platform and discoverability so how can you use video to promote your service based business what tips yeah. do you have or can you offer absolutely so i i've learned a lot about this because i <laughs> I've missed a lot of opportunities doing this. I'm going to be honest. And that is because I never really, I, like I said, the way that this whole thing started was just like fun for me. And then I was answering my audience's questions about my job and I never, I didn't really go into it with a strategy to be honest with you. And so I think I have learned a lot from not having a strategy. Um, and what, what happened with that is it ended up turning into the coaching side of my business and the education side of my business is really who I primarily serve through my YouTube channel which is great. It's something that I I never thought would be possible necessarily, but right now it's 40% of the business's revenue. So it's growing. Yeah. It's growing every year. Um, and so I I created a course, I, I do, you know, coaching programs, both group and, and individual and, you know, that just happened again from listening to my audience. People were asking me like really detailed questions. They, you know, wanted to know things that were just way too long and boring for a YouTube video or too time consuming on my end that I felt like 
you know, I, I had to charge something for it. So yeah. that's sort of how that started. And I created my first course, um, probably a year after I really pivoted my content, really low priced, affordable course. And that's still like my signature course, my top seller. Um, and really it's about building a funnel, you know, having a place for people to opt in. I have sophisticated this quite a bit, made this a little bit more sophisticated now. So at, if you look at any of my videos posted probably in the past year or so, I have a link for a free, um, it's like a free mini ebook, basically. It's a social media starter kit, social media manager starter kit. So I just have that as a default in my description box. It's always linked. I don't always reference it. I mean, sometimes I will if, it, if somebody, if I'm, the, you know, the video I'm doing, it complements that well. Right. Totally, totally. But it's just there. And I mean, I've, I've grown my email list so much from that one simple opt-in, which took me one day to create in Canva, super easy, hosted on Google Drive. Like it's nothing too complicated. Too yeah. And so that email list is there of probably about um, close to 10,000 people now on that That's email awesome. list. Yeah. And, you know, I build out email sequences. I use MailerLite personally um, for my emails, you know, so I, I have email sequences that lead them down to the different products that, you know, that are right for them. And then of course it's there when I'm launching something and, and when I want to get the word out about something. So that's that side of things, which really is the primary um, focus and audience of my YouTube channel. But I will say also... Uh, 90% of my agency leads also come from YouTube. And when I say like, I did a lot of things wrong and I probably could make, <laughs> like, I probably could be way more successful in my agency if I would have went in with the strategy because my, my, my content really isn't directed at them. It's really directed at freelancers, but people still undoubtedly when they search social media manager because they're looking to hire one or they want to know what they do or whatever, they find me and they're like, Oh, it seems like she knows what she's talking about. Let me figure out how to get in touch with her. So right. that still have, like I said, 90% of my business leads come through YouTube. Still. I think if I were going to do it over again, I would be again, speaking with my ideal client in mind. So I would be talking to startup founders. I would be speaking to CEOs, to marketing managers and giving them tips and resources versus freelancers. Um, I figured out a way to, to monetize that and to make that work for me, but I always like to give that little caveat. And I think that's a, um, you know, a mistake I see a lot of people doing is they, they serve their peers versus serving their ideal clients. And that's fine if you have a resource for them or a way to serve them. But, um, if you don't, then you get kind of caught in this this weird cycle of not really making any money. <laughs> right. Right. I love that. You're, I love your honesty and how you, you're, you're referencing how you've made a mis what to you was a mistake, not a mistake. I would say just a different direction. You made a particular direction or decision that led you to X, Y, Z results, but then yeah. you learn from that. And that's the thing. A lot of people, feel very afraid of starting a business of, of just putting themselves out there because they're afraid of making a mistake. And guess what? Nobody's perfect. I'm glad that you're, uh, you've talked about you're you're being very honest about these, not mistakes, but these decisions that you've made in the past that then uh, have resulted in, in this particular uh, way in your business. And the thing is a lot of people just are very, afraid of starting 
because they're afraid of making a mistake. And here's the mm-hmm. thing, we're all, we're not perfect. We're humans. We're bound to make mistakes, Totally. but it is within those mistakes that you're learning. And then you can apply whatever it is that you're learning into your strategy for the next year or for the next quarter or the next time you do your video. If you learned that you, you should use this, this particular device or versus the other one that you've learned your lesson and then you, you can apply it and done. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all, and it's all about testing, you know, different things work for different audiences. Again, what you're comfortable with, what you like doing, they're, they're all going to be different. So test, test what works for you and what seems to resonate with your audience. Absolutely. Listen to your audience. Mm -hmm. So do you have, so we talked about, you mentioned that a lot of your, not a lot, but well, a lot, (laughs) Uh, 40% of your income is from YouTube or 90% of your leads uh, from YouTube. So that is a lot. Uh, So how are, what tips do you have to monetize your videos? uh, Even if you have a small audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love this question as well, because I always tell people when you're starting YouTube, every, everyone wants to know, like, how do you get paid on, on YouTube? Is it, is it the views? Is it the ads? Don't even think about that. Honestly, like I don't even, when you're very first starting out, don't even, and, and I don't say that to be negative, but just right. don't worry about that because I've been on YouTube for years and years and I've literally like this, this past month, I got my biggest YouTube paycheck ever. And it still is like, not a lot. Okay. <laughs> like, believe me, pe- people think that YouTube pays a lot and it really doesn't, um, through the ads. But with that said, I mean, I've been making money on YouTube for years indirectly. Like I said, um, pretty much all of my course sales and, and coaching clients come from YouTube. I don't think I've had one who's, who said they found me any other way, to be honest with you. Um, And again, that really just comes down to having that solid sales funnel, making sure that you are having ways that you can capture people's email addresses Mm -hmm. and that, you know, that's super important because the YouTube algorithm even is unreliable. So sometimes people will be like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen one of your videos in my subscription box in like months. (laughs) And I'm like, yep, I've been here twice a week. Um, So having their email is a more direct way to get you know, to get in touch with people. And then I think for the the agency side of things, um, the done for you, social media and, and video work that, um, you know, same thing. I mean, I've been really trying to be accessible, even though I haven't necessarily made them like my target audience on YouTube, I try to make sure that I'm very accessible. So if people do open up that description box and they're like, Oh my gosh, I want to hire this girl. I'm really easy to get in touch with. And my website is super easy to navigate. And that's something that I, I I mean, I don't think it's like the best website in the world by any means, my agency site, but clients say that it's really easy. You know, it's front and center for them to get in touch with me to schedule a discovery call. It's just very, very easy. Um, so I think just keeping that customer journey, whichever direction you're going in mind is, is very important. Uh, I'm a big advocate of digital products as well. Not that they have to be everything because again, even for me, like my signature course, it's been out for, I think three years now, um, maybe even a little longer. And it's, and it's just kind of now becoming a very solid revenue stream. Um, you know, for the, when I first launched my course, I was making like a couple hundred dollars a month from it, like nothing major, but, but those things kind of snowball. And over time, they really become a significant revenue stream. So that's an, I wouldn't say easy way. Cause they're, they, 
it's a long process like right, right. making a course, but once it's done, it's out there. You can always have it linked. Um, you can always reference to it into your YouTube videos. So it does definitely become a, an easier, more passive way to make revenue too. Absolutely. Those are great ideas. And one thing it's, um, one thing that I, I speak with my husband about is how, well, it's how in this industry where, you know, we have that ability of creating multiple streams of income and it could be via digital products. It could be via one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching or a membership site. So there's a variety of ways that you can, that you can really just interact with that, that you can generate um, income and, and just get different types of clients still following that, those goals that you have for, for that ideal client that you've set yourself to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, again, like I've pretty much tried it all <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I've dusted a lot of different things to see what, what works best for my audience, but also I think most importantly, best for me, because at the end of the day, like, like you said, we created businesses, not so not to feel like we have a boss or to feel like we're doing things that we don't want to do. And I, I mean, it's still work. Don't get me wrong. Now, I don't love every part of my business, of course, but you know, I want to really be doing things that serve me as well as my clients. So I've tested pretty much all of those things that you said. And I really, I really have learned that I love educating. I love um, coaching and teaching. And even with my, my agency clients, I've moved away from a lot of the done for you social media and more into consulting where I'm, I'm mapping out their strategies and I'm kind of serving as, um, as a, a virtual CMO really, uh, versus doing like hands-on, you know, liking things on Instagram all day. Cause I just realized that wasn't serving me as well. I still will do that of course, but that's not the bulk of the business. All right. So we've got one more question before we move into the last segment of the podcast, which is the lightning round. But before we get into that, so what are, we've talked about things to do. We've given some really great recommendations overall, you know, test, 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 put yourself out there, just start press record and, and see how it goes, see how you feel, see what results you get. Definitely have a strategy, but these are things that you should do. What about avoid? What things do you recommend now that you have some experience behind putting together YouTube videos? What should, what tips do you say, or what, what is the one thing that you should avoid doing when creating a YouTube channel? Yeah. Um, well, I think one of them we already talked about a little bit, which is focusing just on, you know, the ad revenue or being a quote unquote influencer. Like I don't think of myself, not that, not a, that I think there's anything wrong with being an influencer. I don't mean that to be negative, but like I, I, my niche is only so big. Like there's only so many social media managers in the world. Right. So I'm not going to be a Jacqueline Hill or like this person who has millions and millions of um, subscribers who reaches this really broad audience. So I think trying not to focus too much on those sort of vanity metrics, those subscriber counts, those view counts, um, that kind of thing. And, and really focusing on, on your niche. So I think that's number one, but I think another one that I I'd like to hit on is, being like doubting yourself and, and being kind of nervous and scared because listen, if I, if I like overthought every one of my YouTube videos, nothing would go up. I mean, I just, my video that I posted last night, I realized that I had made like an editing mistake, a very small, like 
little black screen moment. That's literally probably, you know, 0.1 second (laughs) And the perfectionist in me was like, take it down, re-upload it. No, like I'm not, I don't have time for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else is probably even going to notice except for maybe other video people. And, you know, so, so just don't, don't, don't second guess yourself. People go out on, I mean, I've seen YouTube videos that have so many views that are literally webcam videos, literally people sitting, you know, and, and that's fine. They're getting their message across. They're serving their audience. They're, they're doing their purpose. I mean, I've had YouTube videos where I have stuff in my teeth or stuff in my hair or like, you know, (laughs) whatever, like, you know, and, and the other thing I always tell people too, is when you're first starting again, I don't say this to be negative, but nobody's going to be watching (laughs) like your first video probably you and maybe your mom is going to see it <laughs> and your mom's going to watch it like 10 times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, and let me add to that because it, it definitely, it's not about being negative. It's because there's the reality of, of the fact is that you've just created a brand new YouTube channel. So YouTube just met you. Yeah. So it, it had, you need to give the algorithm time to start realizing that you're putting out content and yes. something that you mentioned earlier is that you're showing up, you have videos twice a week, that thing, that consistency, whether it is twice a week, once Mm -hmm. a week, once a month, that will help you uh, establish yourself within the algorithm. But not just that, it it will help your audience know when to expect content from you. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, don't, you know, don't worry too much about your first video. You can always take it down. I've privated a lot of my old stuff. Um, You know, it, it really is starting as like the hardest part. It's the scariest yeah. part. It is weird talking to yourself. I get that. Like, you know, sitting in an <laughs> empty room talking to yourself, it feels weird, but practice a couple times. That's what I always recommend. I, it, it sounds weird, but I kind of like will, you know, rehearse in my head a lot before I actually go sit down to film. So I'll be like in the shower or like, you know, emptying the dishwasher, like kind of like talking a little bit, rehearsing what I'm going to say. And then I just go a lot, you know, go I do the, same. the camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. helpful to do a little dry run, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, Natasha, let's go ahead. I, this has been super fun and, and there's so much that we can learn from YouTube and, and just again, overall, just get out there, press record and don't be afraid of yes. making a mistake. Yeah, that's how it, happens. it happens. It happens it's to us all. It's fine. We love yep. you. Yep. <laughs> so the lightning round is just a fun way for us to wrap up the, the podcast. And it's just random questions. Nothing business, nothing video. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So number one, pumpkin latte all day, every day or not at all? Um, I, if I had to choose, I'd say all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I, I'm I'm a black coffee person personally, but I mean I love a PSL. Like I get at least a couple a season. <laughs> what's okay? Next question. What's what's the worst meal you've prepared? Oh man, um, I <laughs> like anything. I mean, I'm an I'm an okay cook. Like I'm all right, but I am not very adventurous. So okay. I can't follow a recipe. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's really hard for me. I'm better off just like experimenting. So okay. pretty much any recipe I've ever tried like, that, <laughs> that has exact measurements doesn't usually turn out very good. Okay. <laughs> Bungee jumping or zip lining? Oh man. I, I, I guess I would say zip lining. I'm not adventurous <laughs> like that at all. Though, so I'd probably never do either. <laughs> I did the zip lining once and I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah too much. <laughs> What's your non-superpower power? Ooh. 
Um, so is this like, um, like obviously not flying, not flying. Yeah. Some, something that is, you know, I think my superpower is actually that I am an introvert and that I'm a very good listener. Um, yeah. I think people talk about those things as weaknesses a lot. Um, but I think that's everything when it comes to selling, even what we've been talking about today, like listening to your audience. A lot of people are are more focused on what they want to do. And I, I try to, I, I think I'm a really good listener. Awesome. That's, that's a really good superpower. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, how can people reach you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my YouTube channel is just my name. If you want to check out my videos, Latasha James, you can search that in the search bar and I'll pop up. And for anything else that I mentioned in my courses, um, you know, you can get to my agency website from here. All pretty much anything you need is at latashajames.com. Awesome. And I'll be linking all of that on this show notes on today's uh, show notes episode. So uh, be sure to check that out. Latasha, thank you so, so very much for joining me today. Uh, I really appreciate your time and some really good information that you've shared with the audience today. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in on today's episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review and let us know what other things you'd like to learn and hear from us here at the Focus Emblem Podcast. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world and it helps others discover the show. And if you want to get your hands on more video podcasting resources, head on over to focusandbloomstudios.com and check out our tools and resources for video podcasters and content creators just like you. I'll see you on the next episode.